I wonder how you're feeling today. It's nice weather outside, but you know, are we feeling happy and sunny or not? I wonder whether you can give me a sort of, you know, sign as to how you might feel. Don't have to say anything. How, how do I, can I tell by how you look? Miranda's smiling. That's a good day then, must be. Any other? few smiles. Yeah, thumbs up. Not such a happy face over there. Maybe not such a good day. Tired faces over there. Oh, I can't tell this one. Oh, there's a laughing, but that's because I'm looking at you. So a few, a few smiles few not-so-sures. You know, it's a funny time, isn't it, at the moment? Country's a bit strange. No one seems to know what to do, apart from resign. (laughs) That's a good option at the moment. Everything's a bit weird. We're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting to find out what's going to happen. And no one seems to be saying it. The leaders are in disarray. You know, I was reading the Bible the other day, which is quite good, isn't it, really? Considering, you know, I should. But it's good anyway. And in the book of Chronicles, in the Old Testament, it talks about God and how wonderful God is. And it made me think, you know, we have lots of leaders, people who say they're leaders, people who want to take us in certain directions. But at the moment of a little bit of crisis, no one seems to know what to do. But God always knows what to do. And especially in crisis, God immediately is there, reaching down, offering hope and light in darkness. Made me think what a wonderful God we have. And that in a time when no one else knows what to do, we can look to God because we know that he knows what to do. David says this, Praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hands are strength and power to exalt and give strength to all. Now our God. We give you thanks and praise your glorious name. Everything is yours, Lord. Yours is the power. Yours is the strength. And although there may be few of us this morning, we can come in the knowledge that God is in control. When we were at the group Does God Matter a few weeks ago, we did a little quiz based on scenarios. It's the uh, worst-case scenario quiz. So basically you're presented with a very bad um, situation and you have three things that you can do and you have to choose the right one. I have to say it does God matter. We had varying results, but we did okay, I think. So we're going to give you a scenario, okay? On a walk, on a trip in Southern California... Wouldn't I like to go? That would be nice. You find small red welts and swelling on your feet. The itching is unbearable. And you realise you've been infested by harvest mites, known locally as chiggers. Should you... A. I know. I have no idea. A. 
go swimming, fully clothed, in a chlorinated swimming pool? Should you be, take a hot shower and wash your clothes in hot water? Or should you see, rub nail polish remover on your feet and throw your clothes away? Have a think. Mm, what would you do? Walking in Southern California, itching, welts, you've been bitten by chiggers. Who would, you can only pick one, who would, A, go swimming fully clothed in a chlorinated swimming pool? Few of you, four or five, okay, okay, yes, more. Okay, who would, B, take hot shower, fully clothed? Why fully, what? don't know, I've never been there. Would you rub nail polish remover on your feet? A few of you. Some of you haven't yet. And three clothes, wait, yet. Okay, the answer is, all of you are wrong. B, you should take a hot shower because hot water will kill the larva of the harvest mites. So now you know when you're in that situation. Okay, get the hang of it. Here's another one. Okay. Your car breaks down in the desert and you realise you're going to have to walk to find help. Apart from water, you should also take with you A, a hat and a long sleeve shirt. You're in the desert. B, beer and a flask of coffee. Or C, an extra pair of shoes. See, we would think this might be easier. You're in the desert, you've got to walk a long way, you've got water, what else would you take? Who would take A, a hat and a long sleeve shirt? Quite a few of you. Okay, who would take B, beer and a flask of coffee? <laughs> few of you. Okay, and who would take C, an extra pair of shoes? Okay, some for each, someone's got to be right. Yes, it is actually A. You need to protect yourself from the sun, we all know this, and from the cold of the desert night. Okay, next one. You're driving along a country road. This sounds like it could be more in our sort of area. When you come across a telegraph pole that's been blown down across the road, what should you do? (laughs) Should you A, well, should you A, drive over it? Should you, B, stay in the car? Or should you, C, get out of the car as soon as possible? Mm. Mm. So who would go for, A, drive over it? Just go straight over it. No one. Okay. Who would go for, B, stay in the car? Sensible option. Who would go for, C, get out of the car as soon as possible? A couple of you, three of you. Yes, it is actually B. You're safer in a grounded vehicle. Rubber tyres, we know that. And obviously you should never approach the cable or anything. Okay, next one. Oh, this is good. This might be useful, okay? You're out hiking when you find yourself sinking into the damp ground. The more you struggle to get free, the harder it is to escape. Should you... A... Move your legs in a swift running motion. Should you, B, 
push down with your walking stick, oh, you've got a walking stick, <laughs> till you feel solid ground beneath the quicksand. Oh, I'm not sure about that one. Or should you see, put your stick under your hips, lie on your back and float to the side. You're in quicksand. What do you, if, has anyone watched Bear Grylls? I know. Okay, who would, as they're sinking into the quicksand, move their legs in a swift running motion? One person. Who would, as they're sinking into the quicksand, push down with your walking stick to find the solid ground? A few. But who would put your stick under your hips, lie on your back and float to the side? You're absolutely correct. Moving slowly and carefully and relying on the fact that you're more buoyant in quicksand than in water. Oh, that's I guess. Denser? I don't know. I've saved a favourite that we had at um, Does God Matter because, because, well, you'll find out. It's a wonderful one. It's called Fighting the Alien. You are confronted by an extraterrestrial, an extraterrestrial being that seems to have hostile intent. Should you, A, go for the eyes, B, wave your arms around and shout as loudly as possible, or C, never ever attack an alien they're invariably harmless. It's a tricky one. And clearly there's a right answer. Because it's been tried. So, you're confronted by an extraterrestrial being that seems to have hostile intent. Who would go for the eyes? Well, I know we're presuming it has eyes. Who would wave your arms around and shout as loudly as possible? Oh, go for the eyes and shouting. Okay, and who would never, ever attack an alien because invariably they're harmless? A few. Okay, the answer, the correct answer in this scenario is A. The eyes are the only sensitive area that you will be able to readily identify. (laughs) Because all aliens are like that. Wonderful. But you see, the thing is, when we're in a scenario that is bad for us, when we're being attacked by an alien, or we're sinking into quicksand, or we find ourselves stuck in the middle of the desert and we have to walk miles, the first thing that I imagine most of us think is, how do I get out of this? How do I get away from this awful situation back to a situation that I'm comfortable with and I'm safe in? And you know, the same can happen in our lives as well. When things are happening to us, that we're not comfortable with, when the world around us is in a bit of disarray, when we don't know what's happening, our first reaction is, I want to get away from this to a place where I feel comfortable, where things are safer and everything's okay. But you know, God calls us to be people who don't run away from situations. God calls us to be people who don't want to always be comfortable. He calls us to be people who aren't always feeling safe when we're comfortable. In fact, he calls us to be people who are the ones who bring the safety and the security and the hope and the life into situations of disarray. 
He calls us to be the ones that stick around and work at it and try and make it better. In the house groups and on an email I sent, we're looking at the Beatitudes at the moment. And one of them says this. I think it's on the computer, John. It says, blessed are the peacemakers. It's coming up in a minute. For they will be called children of God. It says sons of God on that translation, but can be children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Because as children of God, we are people who are to bring peace into situations that aren't peaceful and to bring hope into situations that don't seem hopeful instead of trying to get away to a situation that's better for us. I've got a few um, jigsaws here. Anyone any good at jigsaws? They're only 24-piece. I thought maybe we could do them in groups. I've got five and a tray for each. So if you want to split yourselves up into sort of vaguely five groups, I'll leave you to work that out because, you know, it's too hard for me. And then someone come and get a tray and, and a jigsaw. You can choose the first come, first, cu- first serve, really. Choose a tray and a packet of jigsaw pieces. And all you have to do is put your jigsaw together as quickly as you can. And the first group to put it together and come up to the front is the winner. Off you go. All you have to do is put it together. You've got no picture, of course. Oh, Oh, and, you know, doesn't necessarily mean all the pieces are necessarily there. But go ahead. away, Paula, running away from your family. (laughs) Oh, you haven't got it all. Oh dear, maybe you just have to try what you've got. (gasps) Bonus point if you tell me what piece is missing. got a, a large group up the back, fairly small group partway up the aisle here, very competitive, I can tell. Anyone nearly done? Nearly? Okay. It's difficult without a picture. Oh, bring it up, bring it up. Keep going, everyone else, keep going. Oh, nice picture. Wonderful. Good picture. One group's completed already. Well done to them. We'll keep the picture here. Oh, done, done. Oh, excellent. Another good... Oh, that, that's, that's a bit chewed, that piece, wasn't it? Third one done. Wonderful. Two groups still going? Okay. Oh, did you find your missing piece? 
Confused. Oh. David, there is a deep meaning. I, I was looking for a deep meaning, but clearly there isn't one. <gasps> oh, 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 no, that's fine. How are we doing, two groups? You, you, at the back, done? No, nowhere near. Oh, do you need any help? No, okay. Those of you who finished, I'll show you the nice pictures that you did. Group, group on the floor, halfway up. Nice, nice jigsaw of Chase. No. Chase. Is that program? Children's program where the dogs rescue people. Well, sort of like Lassie, but not. And this is another dog from that same show, Marshall. Marshall is the fire, the one that rescues people from fire. Chase is the police. What's it called, that programme? Paw Patrol. That's it. You should check it out. It's on um, Nickelodeon or something. I don't know. Um, And then, you know the Octonauts, don't you? Octonauts. That one got a bit chewed. Oh, have we got one here? Oh, piece missing. But still managed it. Very good. This. We all know this person, don't we? Can't, can you not see that far? Iron Man. Can you see? I don't want to tip up too for Iron Man. No, you don't know Iron Man. Piece missing, but still very good. How are we doing at the back? You've got the biggest group. Maybe that's the problem. Did very well. Missing a piece. Oh, was that what it was? Here we go. This person. You know who this person is, don't you? The mighty Thor. God of thunder. It's not, not like real God. Not like God. So we have, we have five jigsaws. Some of them have pieces missing. Some of them have been a bit chewed, mangled, but they're all right now. Some of them look fairly new. But you know, you might think, why are we putting jigsaws together? But when Jesus came to bring peace, he didn't come just to shake hands with people and go, peace be with you. He didn't come just to say, May your lives have peace. He came to bring shalom, which is wholeness, making things complete and whole, bringing things back to what they should be. And you know, if we're to follow Jesus and be peacemakers, we're not just to go around going, oh, it's all right, I hope you have peace. Peace be with you. We're to seek to bring this wholeness of Jesus this wholeness of God into each situation that we find ourselves. So by the words we speak, by the things we do, by the way we act, we bring something of God's goodness and hope and life into the situations in which we're in. I want to read you a story which demonstrates how Jesus did this. 
Are you sitting comfortably? Oh, wonderful. Even on the pews. You'll know this story very well, I hope. It's called A Little Girl and a Poor Frail Lady. And it goes like this. There was once a little girl who didn't get out of bed one morning or the next or the next. In fact, she didn't get out of bed for a whole month. She was very sick and no one knew how to make her better. Jairus was her daddy and he loved her. One day he was sitting by her bed holding her hand, wishing there was something he could I know, he said. He jumped up to his feet, put on his coat, kissed his daughter, ran down the steps, step by step by step, past the servants, out of the house, through the gates, along the road, into the town, up the steps by steps by steps, and into the temple. He fought his way through all the people until at last he found who he was looking for. Jesus, he said, falling at Jesus' feet. My daughter, he pleaded, please. But he didn't need to beg, because before he'd even finished speaking, Jesus reached out his hand and helped him up. I'll come at once, Jesus said. Jairus' eyes filled with tears. Jesus was coming. It would be all right. In those days, of course, they didn't have ambulances, so they had to go by foot. Jesus' helpers knew that he would heal the sick girl, but they must hurry. If Jesus didn't get there soon, it would be too late. But everyone was in the way, hustling and bustling, jostling and pressing, pushing and shoving, squishing and squashing. The disciples ran ahead, forcing back the crowd. Suddenly, though, Jesus stopped. His friends looked back. What are you doing? Who touched me? Jesus said, because he felt power go out of him. Me? said a frail lady looking down at the ground because she was ashamed. The poor lady had been sick for 12 years and she had to get well. She knew that if she could only touch Jesus' cloak, she would be healed. So she touched it and instantly she was well. We don't have time for this, Jesus' friends said. But Jesus always had time. He reached out his hands and gently lifted her head. He looked into her eyes and smiled. You believed, he said, wiping a tear from her eye. And now you are well. Just then, Jairus' servants rushed up to Jairus. It's too late, they said. Your daughter has died. Jesus turned to Jairus. It's not too late. Trust me. At Jairus' house, everyone was crying. But Jesus said, I'm going to wake her up. Everyone laughed at him because they knew that she was dead. Jesus walked into the little girl's bedroom and there, lying in the corner in the shadows, was the still little figure. Jesus sat on the bed and took her pale hand. Honey, he said, it's time to get up. And he reached down into death and gently brought the little girl back to life. The little girl woke up, rubbed her eyes as if she'd just had a good night's sleep and leapt out of bed. Jesus threw open the shutters and the sunlight flooded into the dark room. Are you hungry? Jesus asked. She nodded. 
Jesus called to her family, bring this little girl some breakfast. Jesus helped and healed many people like this. He made blind people see. He made deaf people hear. He made lame people walk. Jesus was making the sad things come untrue. He was mending God's broken world. Jesus brought God's peace, not just as a word, but as a reality. He put together the broken pieces, even if some bits were missing, and he made them whole again. And he calls us to be people who seek to do the same. We're going to have a time of prayer now, but we're going to use these little doves here, doves of peace. We're going to write on prayers for different people who we think might need to know that healing and wholeness, that peace, that shalom of God. Or for situations in our country, in the world, things that spring to mind. Now there's 14 of these, I don't know how many people are here, but you could do them in twos, you do it on your own. There's some pens down here as well. I'm going to pass some around and just have a few minutes to pray by writing things on these doves. And then when we sing our next song, I invite you to come and tie them onto our bit of string at the front as we do our prayers. Father God, we offer you our prayers, those that we've written, those that are in our hearts, and we offer you our lives and ask that in a time where things are uncertain, in a time where there is much division, in a time where people don't know what to do, that you would help us to be those that bring your peace, your shalom, that wholeness and healing that brings communities to life again. Please help us to know what to do. Help us to know what to say. That when we speak, may our words be encouraging to each other and to those around. When we act, may we bring hope to the people that we are with. And when we think, Lord, may our minds be focused on you, on your ways, and on your goodness. For we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing our final hymn this morning. And we're going to take up the offering at the same time. It's a wonderful hymn. Crown him with many crowns. As we think about acting for God, we first of all need to bow before him and acknowledge who he is. So crown him with many crowns. So may we be people who bring the peace of God to others. And may we be people who are firmly grounded in Jesus. And may we know above all else that we have a God who is in control, who loves us and who knows what to do. And may he bless us and keep us and walk with us. Amen. Please be seated. Please do stay for coffee and tea and biscuits possibly oh brilliant yeah